Welcome to episode 176 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Juan Arreguin. He's a designer currently freelancing out of San Francisco, but normally traveling and doing his own thing. Before that, he was at Capital One and Zero and Get Around before that. we He went from Zero to One? That's funny. Zero to One to Juan. We've had the chance to know Juan for quite a while, so it was great to finally get him on the show now that he's back in town. We hope you enjoy it. Of course, before we get into the episode, we want to thank our sponsor, Wayno, for making this episode possible. Wayno is the best full-service agency in the world. They're just absolutely incredible. Their work is amazing. Their website shows that off. They just launched it. It's oh, so good. Yeah, new website. They uh, just redid it recently in the last month, putting together some case studies, showing off their work, should most recently the, from zero. Should agencies have a portfolio? Yeah, and you should go learn from it. Their website's wayno.co. They're not sponsoring the show to try and sell you anything. You should just check out their website, get inspired by their work. They're doing amazing projects for clients like Google, Jelly, Reuters, Lonely Planet, Zero, Red Bull. The list goes on. Their case studies are worth looking at. Their dribble is inspiring. And if you need a laugh, their Twitter and Instagram accounts are awesome. Yes, they are just fantastic people. And they're very funny and they're very, very talented. And you should go look at their stuff and then maybe go work with them. They've been so supportive of everything we do. We love their team. And if you want to join that team, they're hiring. If you scroll to the bottom of their new page at wayno.co, they're looking for creative directors, product designers, interactive art directors in New York. And out here in San Francisco, they're looking for interns for 2017 for all you young designers. They're also looking for full-time product designers and developers. Uh, again, that's at the bottom of their website at wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check them out. Again, get inspired. Follow them. They're an amazing company and we are so lucky to have them as sponsors. Thanks again, Wayno. Check them out at wayno.co. Thanks, Wayno. And with that, let's get into episode 176 with Juan Arreguin. Yeah, so um, my name is Juan Arreguin. That's how you say it. Uh, and I am Aragon. 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 Mr. Aragon. Yeah. Aragon. So anyway, I'm a, a freelancer now. Uh, product design, um, interaction, all that, all that jazz. As some people, quote unquote, call it a full stack designer, which I don't f- <laughs> know what, what people call that. But anyway, I just do Damn my it, philosophy. It's <laughs> Like like you have a problem, you solve it from start to end, and if it involves mobile, web, print, whatever, that's what you do. Where are you from? I am from Chicago. Um, I grew up in Evanston, um, next to Northwestern. Um, originally, I'm from Mexico. I uh, moved when I was 10 to the States. Uh, with your family or? Yeah. Yeah. Mom, dad. My dad was here already um, 18 years prior to us. And, um, like, yeah, he, like, you know, got us citizenships and that whole thing. So, yeah. Crazy. So you moved when you were 10 but grew 10. up in Chicago. I did. I call, well, Il- Il- Illinois. Chicago people think it's, like, the <laughs> Chicago state. Chicago people. <laughs> the state. Uh, no, it's actually funny because, like, a lot of people, like, when you say, oh, I'm from Chicago, like, a lot of people think that that's a state. Believe it or not, <laughs> and um, Chicago is just a city, and it's actually kind of small. It's a city. <laughs> Can you know that? Kidding. What? <laughs> no, yeah. So I'm I'm from the suburbs up north. Yeah, um, Evanston, and pretty cool town actually. Uh, just a lot of old people. Did you grow up? Uh, so are you dual citizenship? <laughs> no. Uh, so when I was 21, or when I turned 21. Uh, I had to like go and declare my citizenship or something like because my mom, my my mom, my sister and I um, were automatic. I don't know how that really works, but um, basically my sister and I were automatic because my my dad and mom, my mom became citizens. Therefore, because we are children of two citizen uh, neutral, natu- naturalized, naturalized, naturalized yeah. whatever. Naturalized. Neutralized. Yeah. Neutralized. <laughs> neutralized. <laughs> oh, neutralized guys? Uh, They've been neutralized. Uh, yeah, you become like an automatic um, uh, resident or uh, citizen uh, unless you're 18 and over. 
And I was like, I guess when the whole process went through, there was like some weird thing where I was like in the cusp of that. And so then when I was 21, I had to like go and declare that, that I was like, oh, I'm a citizen of the United States and I blah, 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 right? So it turns out that I checked or I checked off or I didn't check a checkbox where that says that I'm that I want to continue to have dual citizenship. So I'm the only one out of my family oh, no. that doesn't have dual. Um, I don't know how I can fix that. I'm sure I can just go in and say like, hey, here's my here's my, uh, you know, like birth certificate or something. Yeah. You know? So um, don't know. So no. Your question is, <laughs> I am not dual. Uh, I will, uh, yeah. Man, these checkboxes are important, huh? <laughs> the, the UX on those, man. Bad. Bad. It's forms. Yeah. You, no one reads forms, man. <laughs> like, like, do you, does Especially anybody, government forms, right? That government or forms I, are the worst. Or like iTunes, you know, terms and service. Nobody reads those. Even, I, I don't know, we could talk about the voting ballot design. I, I didn't think yeah, it was, that was pretty rough. particularly yeah. good. Uh, California does better though okay. than, or at least I remember from like you know Illinois. I mean, this this year's was particularly ridiculous because it had like sixty things on it or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like a textbook. Yeah. Anyway, so you anyway. you became an adult in Illinois in Chicago. I did. Uh, when did you start getting into design? Art design. Oh. What was it first? So uh, my mom had me when she was twenty one. Uh, and before that, I didn't know this, but she was a really, really good artist. And she had like all these like sketches and notebooks, like stacks of them. And that was like the way for her to like do, you know, like write love letters and everything to my dad and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So I found them and I was like, oh man, like my mom, she's like really good. Right. Mm. And turns out that when I was four or five, I used to draw a lot. It's mm-hmm. like a very young kid. You say that like you don't remember. I it. don't remember this. Uh-huh. That's the thing. And so um, the reason I know this is because uh, as part of that stack of, you know, like drawings and whatnot, I found these other ones that were like Mario characters and like the, you know, Luigi Your mom's Mario. super into Mario. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting turn. Uh, but they were like, <laughs> you, you, can, you can tell. <laughs> Mom, you really took a turn in quality here. <laughs> Uh, but you can tell that it was like drawn by, by not her, a four right? year old. Right. And, uh, they were actually pretty good. Uh, not again, this comes from like me not having any, any knowledge uh-huh. of this. You're really humble. They were mine. Yeah. Humble. Uh-huh. They were mine. And I was like, oh yeah, shit. I'm, I was pretty good. Anyway. So long story short, um, my mom kind of gave that up when she started having a family. And so, uh, when I found this out, I was like, holy smokes, like, because I, I wanted to go to uh, Northwestern, do like anthropology and, you know, the whole science thing, right? And uh, I was having a lot of issues, like understanding like what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew that I wanted to get into Northwestern because like, I mean, everyone does, right? And I was going to be the first one to be, um, to go to college in my family. Um, and so, you know, later on um, through high school, it was really hard for me to like get into art school or uh, like art classes in general. Because um, I don't know if they do this all throughout the, the states, but uh, counselors kind of give you like a set list of things that you can do. And I guess I was pushed into the because when I went to the states, I was taking um, eight like college level or uh, high school level classes uh, in middle school. That tells you the difference between, like, you know, education outside of the U.S., by the way. Um, So, anyway, uh, I was put into these classes where, you know, like, I went through, like, ESL. I was out of that, you know, for, um, like, I was there for, like, a year. And then I was already, like, taking, like, normal classes and stuff. And so... ESL is English as a second language. English as a second language, yeah. Um, so you, I had a, I, I don't know if they do this to everyone, but I had a person who was like following me around and basically translating a lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, forms and things. My sister that used I was, to do that. Yeah, and um, it was because I was taking like higher level mm-hmm. classes, and so when I was in middle school, um, she no longer was with me, and so they kind of dumbed dumbed down my my like my classes and stuff. So I wanted to do art, like art, and then they kept taking those out out of my schedule. And in high school, um, I was taking like 
all these weird classes. And I was like, I hate this. Like I, you know, first two and a half years of high school, I hated it. Cause I was taking all these classes that, you know, I was doing okay. And, um, but I, it wasn't anything that I was interested in. Like, I it was like, I'm not going to do like geometry and this and that, whatever. Right. And, uh, so junior year, I went up to my counselor and I was like, Hey, like I want to take art classes. They were like, well, it's already too late for you to like, jump into this because a lot of these people are usually junior the freshman years when you take like art one and like art art two and whatever oh and it, it leads into portfolio class right your fourth year and that's like a four-year basically career so i was like well then i'm not gonna go to the classes anymore yeah and so I, at that, that time, system sucks at that time i was taking japanese and spanish which by the way anybody that takes spanish uh, a lot of my friends were like, well, what are you taking Spanish if, like, you speak Spanish? I was like, yeah, you take English and you take, you know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so Right? And um, so Spanish is really hard, um, even for native speaker, um, because everything is literature. And it's, like, old school literature and all this other stuff, right? I was taking AP classes. And so I had three AP classes that I was taking uh, junior year. And I stopped going to all of them. I was like hanging out in the you know cafeteria. I was drawing. I was trying to do like what I wanted to do, which was you know I started doing design. Like I downloaded an illegal copy of Photoshop uh-huh. and all this other stuff. So oh, then, hang on. I think I hear. Yeah, that's the Adobe Police coming down oh, the block. Oh snaps. shit! <laughs> um, the ambulance. Adobe Police <laughs> is a way too short name for something by Adobe. <laughs> the Adobe Police Task Force <laughs> Express oh, Cloud. No. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I stopped going to class and I it got to the point where I basically was going to fail all my classes. And think about this AP classes, right? Like those are intense. And so then they call my parents. They put me into like this. I remember it was like a, it's a big room and it was the board of directors of the school. They were trying to figure out why I was in school, but not going to school. And so it was like a big deal because like, you know, academia is like obviously something that um, everyone should care about when you're in, in high school. And so then I, they were like, why aren't you going to class? And they were like, do, you, do your parents know? And I was like, yeah, they know because I want to be an artist and you guys are not allowing me to do that. They were like, whoa, when did this happen? Obviously it went through the whole, like my, my whole yeah. history of that. So I had to plea my case. It was. This was like like. This like, is insane. Yeah. This Wait, is insane. Is that like a truancy case kind of thing, or it, it was. So I guess what they were trying to do is they were trying to figure out um, if I just like was doing something else, like illegal, I guess in in school, like selling drugs or whatever. Because you know, like I guess that's what you do as. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, normal high school stuff. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I had to like basically get in there and say this is why I'm not going to class. Uh, what do I want out of that and what changes do I want them to apply and all that kind of stuff. So because my parents were like supporting me, mm-hmm. they actually waived two years of art school for me. And so I got instantly, they like replaced all my schedule for uh, second semester of junior year. It was basically taking like photography, um, uh, you know, like all the art classes that I was taking, um, uh, web design, mobile, like not mobile, but um, uh, print design and like uh, t- uh, typography and all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty intense. Like I was one of the junior, one, like everyone junior year is like, okay, uh, senior year is going to be my, like I'm going to have four classes. I'm not going to show up and like all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I had a packed schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, it, so it was 10 classes, right? That we had, Um. Technically eight, because one of them is like lunch, and the other one is like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, dude, that's my yeah, that's right? study hole. I Tough subject. That. Ace that shit. Um, so yeah, like they they waived two years of that, and it led me to go into a lot of my classes for art. Um, and the whole thing, my whole thinking when I was in this room was like, my mom was an artist, and she gave up that by having me, and therefore I kind of in a way, felt like it was kind of like the legacy that I needed to, you know, because I, I was good at art. Like, I, you know, um, I used to draw, like, everything. And so when they saw that I had, like, I guess, potential, 
they saw that and they were like, okay, well, I guess we'll we'll make a case for you and all that kind of thing. And so, but I never had enough credits to get into my portfolio class, uh, senior year. So, like, I couldn't apply to our schools because I didn't have my um, my college cr- or my AP class uh, portfolio, whatever, right? Because um, a lot of our schools, you have to have um, like basically history and take or the history of the art. And mm-hmm. all of that, and essentially have the one um, uh, credit that is for to apply for art school. The thing that's crazy to me is it sounds like uh, in an alternate universe, if your parents hadn't been supportive, oh yeah, you would not be here. And I wonder how many other people today are going through the same thing. So, like, they want to be in this yeah. creative field so much and don't have that support (laughs) i hear a lot from people that ask whether or not college and high school is like you know something that you should you know like for art and all of that right Mm -hmm. should designers be educated (laughs) (laughs) and you know i'm not i'm not saying that college is not worth it um because i went through that and i did four years of that um it's really expensive and the system behind college it's horrible yep I left college with, you know, talk about financial stuff, right? Um, I left college, uh, out of college with $150,000 in debt. All right, is that a lot? I don't get it. And <laughs> for someone from the Midwest who yeah. is making like nine, 10 hours or yeah. ten, nine, $10 an hour, how the hell are you going to pay for that? devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So a lot, that's, where, that's where a lot of people feel that, you know, it's not worth it. And I agree, like, to that extent, yeah, I 100% agree. Do not fucking go to college if you, if you think that you're not going to be able to, you know, support that. Or, um, mm-hmm. And my parents were not, like, we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. So they were supportive from day one, right? High school, college, all that stuff. And they always told me that because I dropped out out of, like, Northwestern, like, thinking and anthropology and all that stuff because I wanted to be an artist, right? And my mom was like, you know, just as long as it's something that you want to do, like, we'll be supportive of that, right? My mm-hmm. dad, on the other hand, you know, had other thoughts about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> as like, they do. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, like, I mean, to the question of, like, when everyone asks, like, is it worth it? I think so. And one of the things that I say to every person who, whether it's... um you know, uh, like dry media, when me- like all this other stuff, right? Um, the one th- class that I that was very like had a big impact in in my life and the things that I do and everything was life drawing, um, because I understood how the human body essentially worked, not necessarily from like what it looks like, but the bones, the you know the scale, like everything, right? Like how. When you move your arm, it involves muscles, it involves nerves, it involves everything, right? And if you apply that to design, it's the same thing, right? Your bone structure is a UX, like how is it supposed to work, right? Um, it all layers all the way up to how you look, which is visual design, right? So take it from UX all the way to visual, and that's how that, like, it made mm-hmm. me understand a lot of that stuff. Complex systems. Yeah, yeah, you know, and everything works together. You know, like your bones. Like if if you were re- to remove the bones out of your body, you're gonna become <laughs> smushed. Like uh-huh. it, like there's no structure to it. So UX is the structure behind this. You're not usable. <laughs> you're not usable. <laughs> exactly. Right. So so that's when people like when people only go in and say like, oh, I'm a I'm a only a visual designer, and like they only do certain thing. I only and, draw skin. <laughs> right? Like skin how, you, drawer. how are you supposed to know how to draw a, like like a skin on a body when you don't know how the body itself yeah. would work? Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, that, you know, that went from from, you know, and again, uh, even I, I don't think you have to go to college to, to learn a lot of that stuff, but I think it's just like using things that already exist that are not like designed. It's not like a book that you're gonna open up and be like, oh yeah, so this is how design and uh, the skin, like you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> <laughs> design one hundred and one. Yeah. Look at your skin, right? Now think about bones. Um, okay, so it, what, what are muscles? <laughs> yeah, yeah, muscles are muscles that are sick uh, parallax scrolling. No, no I think no, that's no, no. tendons, dude. Okay, <laughs> Mus- muscles are more like um, the how do you inter- interact, right? Like the way that 
a muscle is going to allow for you to either go left or right. But you already know what it's supposed to do. But the muscle itself is the one that tells you you can only go this far left, this far right. I don't know. We can go into no, this whole thing. I, like, let's I can go, let's go all the way down this road. Uh, information architecture is the guts, I assume. <laughs> no, maybe the brain. It's I, no. See now you're not you're decomposing I'm, the whole. That's so, the know, point. Know, <laughs> What's the um, hair? What's the toes? Hair is visual. No, your toes are uh, uh, anyway, guys. Come on, <laughs> toes are the footer, yeah. footer. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but, um, sh- <laughs> I, <laughs> toes are the footer. One's like, oh god, I can't believe I came on this uh, podcast. I opened that. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm a bit, a bit confused. You went to Northwestern for two years. Or no, I, what, what ended up happening? So you, so because my mom works in Northwestern, um, I was able to take a like a class and all that kind of stuff. And I was also working in Northwestern, so they actually waive a lot of that um it's an employee and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing and uh that was actually the longest job that i had like what, what was the job at northwestern yeah. um so i worked at kellogg school of business mm-hmm. which was um where i met a lot of business people mm-hmm. the biz you know um, business people business. tie boys uh <laughs> yeah. So these are where all the MBAs, uh, yeah. executive MBAs. So yeah. people from not just the US, but, you know, all over the world. Alex's a big one. Right. Yeah. And uh, I got to meet a lot of MBA, like pre, like people that are famous now and that they were not back then and things like that. MBA, football, everything. Right. So, yeah, I started out as a, uh, a waiter mm-hmm. and I was making $9 an hour, actually. It was pretty interesting because like our, so the, the, the whole philosophy of Northwestern and Kellogg particularly is that um, everyone as a waiter knows that um, you're going to work for uh, tips, right? So we couldn't take tips because we already had a $9 an hour yeah. uh, job. So we couldn't take tips. Like it, they were like discouraged, right? You couldn't mm-hmm. do that. And if you did, you had to like split it with everyone else, which was usually like 10, 12 people or whatever. Yeah. So went from doing that to doing like coffee break setup stuff, like where you know, like uh, the students would come out and do their coffee breaks and all that. Like I was the one setting that up. Uh-huh. Uh, then it led into me working at uh, oh, I was a bartender actually at nineteen. Um, so is that allowed? I, yeah. So this here's the thing. So you can serve, but not uh, sell liquor as eighteen and up. Um, there's like, you can get mm-hmm. a license for that. And then, um, then after that, you ba- I did front desk and I got to meet a lot of people. Like I got to like hear the drama that happened, like, cause in, in, uh, at Kellogg you do your class, but you also stay there. So it's like a dorm slash like, um, cafeteria, whatever you call it. Right. And also environment for you to take your classes. So there was so much drama there. I don't know if I should <laughs> talk about that stuff, but, um, and, and so then, yeah, like I did, uh, IT mm-hmm. and then that, at that time I was already taking, I was, I was already doing, um, I already had clients. Like I was freelancing at that time, uh, you know, one or two client like a year or whatever. Freelancing web design, web design. So at some point you transitioned from, from Art, li- life drawing to yeah, um, building but computer no, stuff. I was going to college through all of that. Um, so I had like four things that I was doing all at once. I was like. You know, going from Evanston, which is all the way up north um, in um, the Chicago area. And I went to school in Chicago. So I was like taking the train, going to work full time, uh, going to school full time. And somehow I managed to like still do all my projects and somehow still managed to like hang out with my friends. And I don't know how I did that. I was I, like a lot of times on a joke for four years, I probably slept, I think, three hours Getting three hours of sleep was like a privilege. That how you can't sustain that. Yeah. Did you burn out? Did you get sick of that? No, because it was fun. I love I loved everything that I did, you know. And I knew that if like things that you like take time, and if you like, you know, it goes back to the whole high school thing, right? Like if I would have given up on that. I couldn't be where I am now. Um, and so the same thing with college, right? Like everyone, I hated that there were a lot of students in my in my classes that, you know, would bring in a half-assed project that you know that they spent like an hour on. 
And then they call it, oh, you know, I didn't have time to like do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, are you motherfucker? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I have a full time job, full time school. I like commute for two hours a day, and still manage to do stuff and whatever. And I like, I was doing pretty good. And and I was like, how do you how do you not have time to like yeah. actually have a design ready for like a critique? And then I was always a bad guy because like because because of the clients, I was like, okay, so. Someone would never pay you for that. And I was that asshole, like, in class. <laughs> I was that where, guy. Where, like, my, my yeah. professor my senior year, she pulled me outside and she goes, like, you know you have to be, like, you have to tone down on, on your critiques. I was like, why? Like, I want someone to be that, like, critical with my, with my work. And um, so anyway, when, we, when I graduated, she, like, we went out to dinner because uh, we had a, like a portfolio uh, presentation thing that we had uh, when we graduated, and uh, she like singled me out. She goes like, "I know you hated me," and I was like, "What? what? What's going on?" And then she goes like, "You wasted all your time on Twitter, and you wasted your you know this, this, and this. Like you never listened to the things that I you know that I wanted to uh, like 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 impose like you know teach you and whatnot." And she was like, you were always just trying to defy, like, you were trying to, like, go against me in every step of the way. And I only bring that up because that actually encouraged me to do, like, put more time in the things that I really liked, right? Which was when I when I was doing, you know, when I was tweeting at people, like, I moved, because of that, I, I moved to San Francisco. Uh-huh. I got a job. Uh-huh. Um, and... Like everything has consequence, right? Like everything that you do, like you're gonna be the asshole to certain people, you're gonna be the uh whatever, right? And I just remember like this that 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 night she just goes and tells me that like she knew that I hated her. And I was like, But why? Like I feel like because everything that you did and you t- everything you told me to like not do, right? Like it got me to where I am now. Like and so I wish I could like go back and like talk to her and be like, yo, like, by the way, like, I know that you felt that I was like against you or some whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the actual feeling was, but um, I was like that, that led me to be where I am now. Like, there's a lot of things that, you know, certain people have a big impact on, on what you do. And again, if you just like keep at it and you enjoy what you do, then you should probably do that. And if you don't enjoy it, then get the fuck out. It seems like you have a problem with authority. Apparently. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I? Uh, yes. Yes. I've been in trouble for a lot of things. Uh, we don't have to get into yeah, that. No, it's all good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So because of the same, you know, the whole, th- that whole thing, like, um, you know, again, I just keep saying I, I am where I am because I got on Twitter. Got on Twitter. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> Um, no, what were you actually going to say? No, yeah. I, let's keep it at that. Yeah, you said it got you out here. So yeah. how did that work out? The, the, so the, we used to, I used to play um, like PS3 a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. So there was a th- uh, there was a group of people on Twitter that we would always get on online, like at 4 p.m., you know, whatever. And uh, we actually called ourselves the, the Nerds Clan with oh, a Z. Yeah, I know this group. Oh God! This is where I actually. That's uh, Dimitri Sozik. Uh, oh, is this, isn't he that's still on? I think so. Yeah. Shit. Uh, Jeff Broderick. <laughs> um, Brian Benitez. Jared, uh, Jared uh, Patterson. I believe. That's I, I don't know. Him yeah. Personally. Uh, all these people that I actually I ended up meeting in person um, eventually, but yeah, like that's how that I, that whole thing started. Um, there Call was a of Duty. Clan. Oh yeah. And we had like a Twitter handle and like all this other oh, stuff. Oh, that, that's still live. That's why I know about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so anyway, out of that um, came this whole conversation of uh, I wanted to move. I wanted to come to San Francisco because like everyone was doing it and it was cool and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And this was when it was cool. <laughs> um, and I came for my birthday and um, there was already someone who I was like talking to that you know, like offer me basically an option to come to San Francisco if, if like I applied for it and all that kind of stuff. And everything everything worked out. Um, and out of my me coming to San Francisco for, just for my birthday, because by the way, Jeff Broderick was like the reason that I am here actually. Same. 
um, he told me that I think we we talked about this like mm-hmm. months ago. I think but, when we first met. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes. I visited right, and he goes like, "You'll be back." And I was like, "Yeah, probably in five years." He was like, "No, no, no. you're, you're in, in a, like next month." And I was like, "Nah, like nah, this is not gonna happen. It's too expensive. Why not?" And uh, three months later, I think I moved. <laughs> you got you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think it was just like because I met a lot of people yeah. and it was exciting and uh, that job, you know, job op- opportunity came up and um, then I started realizing that I didn't have any friends here. Um, I mean, I, like Brian Benitez and Jeff and um, a couple other people were here, but like. By the way, Brian and I, Benitez, go way, way back. I don't know if you guys ever like heard of a um, before dribble. It was this thing called uh, Love Design. Oh, love. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and we go, you know, way back on that. And so then I, I was like, you know, I need to like socialize with a lot of people that are in San Francisco. Like, there's designers and like developers and all this other stuff. So I started a uh, a meetup, um, and it was called Ballers. Going with the whole dribble. With three L's? Yeah. Actually? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, we built a website and this whole thing. And, uh, uh, you know, because of that, I think I met a lot of people that I'm, like, really good friends with. Um, obviously, you meet a lot of people, and it's really hard to keep up, like, who's your friend and who's not. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, that sounds bad, but, like, like realistically. Maintaining relationships is difficult. It's very, especially, especially in San Francisco. Here. San Francisco. You said something earlier. I want to jump to. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just uh, you wanted to come to San Francisco at the time because it was the cool thing to do. Yeah, and then you said because it was actually the cool thing to do back then. How do you feel? Because it was not expensive as it is now. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the way you said it, it's, it's changed for you. Like, how do you feel about it now? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, yeah, that actually leads into the probably the the traveling that I've been doing. Um, it's it's. I love San Francisco, right? Um, it's close, you know, proximity to nature and, you know, the food and bars and all, all everything. Everything about San Francisco is, is awesome, right? The people and all of that. Uh, but it's just like more and more it becomes, it has become for me like a, like a place of chaos. Like there's just too much, like your time is somehow being ripped apart between all the all the events that are happening all the uh you know there's like meetups here there's like someone's birthday someone's this so, like there's just so much that like that's happening in San Francisco and that goes with jobs and all that kind of thing too mm-hmm. and so the overload for me i think it's become too noisy hmm. um and so i decided to go like i have a friend who had come back from Patagonia and he like texted me and he's like, hey, man, like, uh, I know that you mentioned at one point that you wanted to travel. And I was like, yeah, like I'm in between like leaving my job and things like that. Um, this was the start of this year. And he's like, well, I'm going to Asia. And I was like, yes. That's all I replied. Like he didn't even tell me where, like he didn't even say anything. I was just like, yes, I reply with capital everything, right? And he's like, well, I'm thinking about like July. And I was like, done. Like, don't, don't even, don't do, you already sold me that like the minute that you sent me that text, right? <laughs> and, um, you seem very easy to sell one. Uh, if I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will let you know for sure. Um, and the mentality out of that was like, I needed to get out of San Francisco for a little bit. Um, I was still paying my rent when I was gone. Oh. Uh, and I also, was planning to go freelancing, but um, I had not been saving because, you know, college, right? Like paying for school and everything. And I had a month worth of basically savings, I guess, if you think about it, um, which in San Francisco is like five or so grand, right? That's a lot of money for anybody that you tell that outside of San Francisco. They're like, holy shit, $5,000? Like it takes me X amount of time for me to do that, right? And um, I like saved I, from uh, the start of the year to July. I saved up to basically pay for my rent and uh, bills and all that stuff, and also travel. And 
leftover, I had like a month worth of money. Like when I, if I came back and I didn't do any work or, or whatnot, I had literally one month and that was it. So out of that, I was like, man, okay. So this freelance thing needs to, needs to work out because what am I going to do? Right. And traveling in Southeast Asia is super cheap, right? Like I was in Thailand, I paid uh, for one month. Um, it was like a, a co-working space and a uh, a guest house. Full month, right? Both of them. 350 bucks. And I mean, it's a, it's a bed and kitchenette thing, they call it, whatever. Um, and that was it. Like food, two, three dollars, yeah. like per meal. You know, so Japan was expensive, but um, Korea as well. But uh, out of that, it made me realize that I needed I needed to do work. Like if I wanted to enjoy the things that I that I mm-hmm. that I was gonna do, like I needed to work and needed to enjoy the things that I was I was working on, and also because uh, then I was gonna be miserable, right? Like if I was traveling away from home and like working on shit that I didn't want to work on, like I'm gonna hate my life, right? Mm-hmm. And away from friends and away from everything. Um, so I had three clients. Um, Did you get them while you were traveling? So when I got to uh, Thailand, uh, I'm not going to get too much into detail on that one, but um, there was this one that I was like super, super excited about. And when I got to Thailand, I guess we like, just because everything happened so quickly, I somehow forgot to tell them that I was going to be in Thailand. And... Um, we had like all these meetings and everything. I was all ready to go. I was like super excited because it was like um, a spectrum of technology and and where like I'm like really excited about. Um, and the, it's a startup, and uh, we had meetings and all that kind of stuff. And they were expecting me to show up like to the office. And then uh, I messaged them and I was like, "Hey, uh, I think we forgot to like I forgot or you guys for like I don't know, right? But I'm in Thailand. I'm gonna be late." I'm like working remote because they like we're gonna bring me on as a remote like uh, freelancer anyway. Like so for me, uh, you know, location was like yeah irrelevant, irrelevant. right? So then when it, they realized that when they realized that I wasn't gonna be in Thailand, um, I woke up because I was gonna be up at like two in the morning in Thailand to like be on this meeting here in San Francisco at, like at nine or ten or whatever. And I woke up to all the meetings being gone from my calendar, and I was like. Uh, what? What just happened? So I messaged them. They were like, "Yeah, it's not gonna work out. Like, we kind of need you here, right?" And I was pretty bummed out. Like, that was the start, like the first week of me being in Thailand. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be a pain in the ass now. Like, like, what am I gonna do? Like, uh, you know, I didn't set up any of my clients. I didn't set up anything. That was the one that I wanted to work on, and I thought it was gonna be awesome. So then I kind of reached out to. Um, uh, guys that I worked at uh, an agency that I'm, I'm working with right now called Junior. Uh, they're I, I was working on the uh, one of their flagship like products that they're working for another client. So I was like, hey guys, like you guys need a designer, like uh, kind of need work, right? Uh-huh. And that was a reason I was able to save because there was this one client that I Junior that I was working um for them, and so ha. Uh, I got to Thailand. I was like, I don't have clients. How am I going to make money? Like, I saved up, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to have a month yeah, worth yeah. of mm-hmm. savings. So then good things happen, right? Like, um, I, just, I just kept positive, I guess. And um, two other clients came up and uh, I got to work on a redesign for a venture capital. Um, and like you know, this little small app thing that it, it, it gave me enough to feel like this remote, like, like remote freelancing thing, like is going to work out. Right. And that was like my whole purpose of this, of this trip, not only to go away from San Francisco, but also to prove that you can be a freelancer outside of San Francisco. Cause I want to move eventually out yeah, of San Francisco. Sure, sure. So I was like, can I do it in Thailand? Mm-hmm. Right. Can I do it in Malaysia? Can I do it in Japan? Can I do it in, in Korea? Right. Um, and I think it's possible. It's just more about communication. Yeah. Is it a, a certain subset of clients that are willing to do that? Or it's, so, you know do, what I realized? Yeah, negotiate that. Yeah. 
What I realized is that when people are looking for quote unquote remote designers in San Francisco, they expect you to be in San Francisco in the case that they want you to come into their office. If you tell them I'm a remote designer from the start and I'm not going to like it's part of your contract and whatnot. Um, I think the I think they're OK with that. Like, you know, people from New York, people from like whatever. Right. Uh, but when you're in San Francisco, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't I, I'm trying to figure that out. Right. Because it's like as a freelancer, you should be able to work from anywhere. Like if, if the work is needed and you're the one providing the, the work, why does it matter where you are? Right. Well, this is a, a common argument for people like in the Midwest or in the flyover states or whatever. Exactly. Like, why can't I live here and do this work? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, like we know Dan Petty is kind of like um, adventure boy roaming around, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do the, the freelance um, uh, movie and whatnot. Um, and I think that when I talked to him, you know, Ed um, in, in Moab, he was like, yeah, man, like there's all these people who are making it. Outside of San Francisco. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like people in Georgia are making you know, probably as much or even more than people in San Francisco, right? And uh, I think that just goes to prove that you just need to work on like your thing that you're selling. And if you're a good salesman, like it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how you provide that that service. It's just people will buy. But is that discouraging for people that do good work but aren't good salesmen or women that don't live here to, to to sell it in person. They have to sell it over email or yeah. have a perfect portfolio. There's this cool thing called websites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that puts so much pressure on the website instead yeah. of being able to distribute that pressure over Well, I mean, that's a way of selling and, too, right? So, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's, there's services out there that like, you know, claim that they're uh, there to help the freelancer and all this other stuff. Um, but they take like percentages of yeah. your work mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, well now I have to work four times more for me to like make up, you know, mm-hmm. percentages and things like that. And I don't know. I think that whole industry is broken to be honest. Um, because they're like, you can't just say I'm going to help you, but then charge you for something like for just having a website. You know what I mean? Freelancing ain't free. Freelancing ain't free. Freelancing ain't free. Although, although, um, I there's a philosophy that I have, right, of the type the types of products that I, or projects that I get to work on. Um, one, is it going to pay? Right, like that's the <laughs> that's kind the of how big, that works. Yeah, pretty important <laughs> right? requirement. Yeah. Um, but there's another one which is, you know, is this project going to allow me to learn something new, right? A new technology, a new, or, or enhance the, the thing that I'm not so good at. Mm-hmm. And therefore, is this project going to help me, you know, build my portfolio, right? And then three, is this something that I'm going to put on my portfolio, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because if you have two of those for me, like, I'm going to love working for you, Right. Because that means that, you know, either one, I'm going to learn a new technology and uh, it's going to go on my portfolio. It's going to be a portfolio piece. And maybe, uh, you know, I don't get paid that well for it. But guess what? At the end of the, at the, end of the day, like what is worth in that, in that point? The like net future value of exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, that opens up new doors to new clients, doors to sure. something else. Maybe, maybe that client that you worked on that was like really fun to work on, you know, um, like what if they can't pay you? But then they're like, hey, by the way, like. Here's this other thing that, and then they, you know, it's it's yeah. like the whole thing of like the reward, is it is it is it now or like later? So you look for two of the three, two of the three, and three out of three is like a home run. Three out of three is That's like great. really hard, yeah, yeah. to find. Um, so why are you back? Why are you here? Yeah, what the hell, man? Friends, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it's hard to to leave that behind, but it sounds like you're still toying with that idea. Yeah. Uh, after going to Salt Lake, um, there's a few people out there that, um, I'm sure everyone knows in the community, like who's out there, but rally um, <laughs> and underbelly, and, underbelly. And yeah. Um, I, I love what they're doing. Um, I just don't know if for me, the agency thing is the thing. Right. And so, um, I mean, Ben at times he's like, yeah, just come and work out here. Like, you know, figure it out. 
Uh, I think that's Ben's motto. I know. Hey, come work out here. Try it out. (laughs) Yeah, right. We need Um, more Utah designers. Yeah. Ben Ben Klein for those listening. Ben Klein, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, but, uh, and and I like that because it goes back to the thing that I said about San Francisco, right? It has like nature, it has the community, it has the, you know, and the rent is. Oh my god, I would love to work there, right? <laughs> oh god, that rent. Uh so anyway, like yeah, that's that's the reason I'm really back is like I mean, it's really hard to be away from your friends. Um friends that I've, you know, called family a lot of times, you know, because going being away from your family and, you know, it's uh there's certain people in 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 your network of friends that are your family, right? Um so and it's hard. It's hard to leave, you know, because of that. But then then you sit in in your, you know, almost three thousand dollar apartment, and you're like, "Why am I paying three thousand? Where are you finding apartments for under three thousand dollars?" <laughs> so I I have a, a rent control apartment, nice, like, you know, seven hundred square feet, whatever, and it's like twenty seven fifty. It's not bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry for anyone yeah, listening yeah. that just. <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, heard that's not. I think the oh. average one bedroom apartment right now is something like thirty five hundred. Things thirty eight. That's insane. A thousand dollars more for half of the the space that I have. It's. I mean, when I talk to people, I don't know. We get shit for glamorizing San Francisco, but I think there are genuine pros being here, and the oh, the 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 energy here and the number of people that are here is a pretty compelling reason to spend a few years I overpaying say, for rent in return for meeting interesting people that might you can work with and build it, cool things. It builds with. up like a portfolio of people. Yes. <laughs> well, that sounds really uh, callous, but yeah, I know. I, no, 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 I'm no, saying no, like, that, yeah, but see, it's, it's, for a freelancer, that's important. that's important. That's the bread and butter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, see here, here goes back to your question about, you know, like how do people become salesmen or women, right? And in, in this, in this scenario. And it's really not about like, how well worded, you know, anyway, right? It's like who you know. Having the right times, in. You know, and so who do you know a lot of times um, speaks for itself, right? In terms of like who you get to work for or with or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, like you're building relationships with e- either clients or, or people, right? And it, it, it sounds callous and calculated but no, you yeah. do have to evaluate relationships and how much they're worth to you 100 like yeah. that's a thing especially when there's so many people here and you have to figure out which ones you're going to spend time with yeah uh, I, yep. I agree so I, I say that every designer not it sounds just terrible but no it does yeah yeah of course i mean i was talking about how much i pay for rent like dude everyone is like fuck you dude like really like why are you paying that much right yeah but anyway um like i i say the one thing that um every creative regardless if you're um you know, in the engineer world or design or whatnot, everyone should experience San Francisco once. At least. At least. Right. Even because if that's like a vacation or something sure. or come out and hang out with people and, and companies. That's how I started, and, yeah. right? Yep. Like that, it was just it's my same birthday deal. thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think that that puts perspective in, in life a lot of times because either you go back to where you're from and you're like, oh shit, I need to work on X, Y, and Z. Maybe salesman, it's the thing that you need to work on, right? Um, then you create that network of people who are really good at selling, and therefore now you're better at that, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it goes to one of my principles that I have, right? Like, is that going to allow me to, you know, learn a new skill or enhance the one that I currently have? I think the I'm just a little sensitive about saying that you would have to come out here because I'm aware that the three of us... I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying that. <sighs> he kind of did, right? Kinda, people should experience San Francisco. Should experience San Francisco. So, like, I, I think it's interesting that the three of us all basically ended up here by the way of Twitter. And Well, he and I basically had the same story. Yeah. I came out here for a training course and right. skipped a day to hang out with Jeff Broderick and then he hired me three months later. But, but I, I want to point out that there is a middle ground for... I, I, I just know there's people that don't want to live here or visit here intentionally. They don't like the culture that permeates from Silicon Valley or financially it's not I don't, not, I don't not think many reasonable. of us like that culture. Uh, I think we're all trying to like improve it. They have a family. But anyways, the point being like there is a middle ground of Twitter, which all three of us have found is a mechanism for meeting people. And for us, we happen to to follow that path here. I think the problem now is goes back to that thing that I was saying that why I wanted to move out of San Francisco or leave San Francisco for a little while is that overload. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, so you have to be very sp- like strategic, I guess, about what you really want to do when you are here for those like whether it's the weekend, whether it's like I mean, I, I know a lot of people that come to San Francisco. They're like, oh, I want to go talk to X, Y, and Z person, right? And it sounds very vain, but like, dude, like, what are you gonna, what are you, what you're trying to get out of San Francisco is, it's, like, I can't tell you what the formula is to be in San Francisco, and I'm sure you guys don't either, but it's like, it's one of those things that everyone's perspective and everyone's experience is different, but I think that being surrounded by the thing that we see on our everyday you know, day in, day out is something that someone should experience regardless if it's, if it's for a weekend, if it's for a month, a year, whatever that is, right? I'm not saying move to San Francisco because, like, that's expensive, right? And if you do, then you're probably going to be with, like, mm-hmm. five other roommates and you're still probably going to pay, like, 1100 bucks, Like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's hard to say move to San Francisco because it's not for everyone. Yep. Do you see, uh, as you've, traveled for the past several months across Asia. Mm-hmm. Have you seen design cultures in those places springing up and, and forming there in a compelling enough way that you would say, okay, maybe I could pull, pull off like a new lifestyle over in Japan, say with friends there. And So we talked about rally and all that stuff, yeah. right? Um, Chiang Mai. Yeah. Thailand. Um, it's weird because Chiang Mai is beautiful. Like, uh, again, that's where I spent, you know, 350 all that stuff, right? Food, amazing. Um, but then they're also like, so Chiang Mai is, is like a square um, in Thailand, northern Thailand, right? And everything around that square, it's like brand new buildings and like malls and all this other stuff, right? Like the, the Western thing that you see uh, everywhere. And uh, Chiang Mai has this like, really uh like awesome in that square right it's like where the the goodness happens um the goodness happens oh, yeah. it's the old it's town beautiful right? yeah it's the old town right and um so that's where all the co-working spaces the um uh i forget what they call it it's like where they uh make maker space maker space hmm. there's like this thing where like people are like building drones and like all this other stuff like um so there's this uh co-working space that i that i was at it's called pun space and right next to that with a membership that you get you get access to the maker space and you can do you know like anything that involves like electronics or like print or whatever right so one day, because I, I went to the dentist there, um, whole other story. But um, dental tourism, Didi yes. did that too. I, yeah, yeah, so we were there, <laughs> okay. the, the same place. Um, and uh, I met this. Well, so I was having lunch right after my dentist uh, appointment, and I was having uh, like chicken or something. And uh, this guy across from me had the same thing, but his like. He had like a yellow sauce on top of his thing. Okay. And I was like, what is that? Like, it's the same plate, but like, that's the yellow sauce. So I was like, hey, man, like, what did you, you know, clearly he was American. And I was like, hey, like, what did you get? Like, um, it looks different. He's like, oh, it's the same thing. It's just fried. Like, mine has a different sauce. So we start talking and I was like, oh, yeah, like, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from from uh, Utah. I was like, oh, no shit. Like, I know a lot of people from Utah. Like, you know, this, this and this. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm design, this, this, and this. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I started naming people. He's like, dude, I went to school with them. I work with them. I like all this other stuff. And I was like, whoa, that's in, like in the middle of Thailand, nowhere, like this whole thing. And so um, turns out that he actually has a full-time job and is traveling in the world. He's not a freelancer technically because he's fully uh, fully employed, mm-hmm. but he's a remote like employee. And uh, through him, I met all these other designers that were like freelancing and the whole nomad, like you know, uh, expat, the whole thing, right? And they figure out the system how to, you know. Uh, deal with taxes, how to stay uh, a resident of the States, 
Like there's all this like legislation that people don't understand when you are traveling outside of the the, the, the states that you have to go through. And uh, I was like, holy shit! Like I, I want to do that, right? Um, and so out of the one simple thing that I asked, hey, what's on what's on your like plate? It led into this whole world that just opened up to me, right? And I think that just because that environment was Thailand, I think that same thing happens in San Francisco when you just meet someone and that someone can open up a whole brand new world. And that's why I say I think everyone should experience that, right? But also, like, the freelancing thing, I think is super doable. You just need to know how to, how to the, approach it. The nomad thing is, I think, becoming more feasible. It's also becoming quite romanticized. But for me, I, I think I yeah. would have the same concerns that it seems like you had about loneliness and leaving the friends there's a very romantic idea of working anywhere and mm-hmm. making a substantially higher amount of money than the cost of living like on non on, on mm-hmm. seeing the world i'd be worried about getting lonely so i don't know maybe in spurts like you did it yeah i mean so <laughs> thailand has very strict rules of how long you can stay there for yeah um so it's three months um but you can extend the three months like uh, every time, three times, right? So you can stay there for six months on a, you know, whatever. There's another way of staying there for nine months when, and that's a whole different thing that I'm not going to talk about. But uh, th- like, there's ways to do that. Um, I think the way that uh, this guy Greg, uh, the way that he's doing is that he kind of uh, moves around and meets people that people that he knows. You know, like Europe, uh, you know, back to the States, like Thailand, all kind of stuff. And I think that's the way to kind of keep your mind at like, oh, no, I just moved away. Like, I think that that's the the worry that I have that I'm like, I moved away officially. So I'm never going to see my friends again. It's kind of hard. Right. And I, th- I don't know if that's what you're feeling, but like realizing that you can move like every six months or so like it kind of just changes your your brain a little bit when it's like okay now i'm in a different place but i'm gonna come back you know back home or yeah, whatnot yeah, yeah um yeah it's just it's pretty scary though when you're alone and a different language different culture all that stuff um it can get scary yeah and lonely yeah yeah but now you're back but now i'm back uh what are you working on right now back streaks back <laughs> Um, that's the first time that's come up on this show good by the way oh dude I love karaoke okay. so uh, um, yeah street, I was gonna grab the mic boys specifically I was gonna grab the oh t- <laughs> what else actually, is there you know <laughs> I heard Backstreet Boys uh, for the first time in a long time last night in a lift they're good he was jamming it was great oh anyway. someone else not you no the driver was listening oh yeah. okay yeah it was great you told them to put it on oh, shit you caught me you're from yeah. Backstreet nice boy <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What are you working on right now? So, where am I working on? Uh, uh, Freelancing-wise, I'm working uh, back with Junior. Uh, it's a really cool client um, that we have doing interactive stuff and, like, billboards and all that kind of thing. Um, Appropriately vague. Like it. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I can't talk about it. Uh-huh. I understand. Um and uh, on the side, for the past year or so, I've been working on this like app called Panels. I'm working on an app. You want to hear about it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, long story short, um, yeah, it was this. Uh, if you go on my Instagram, um, you'll see that I'm using kind of like the grid. Uh, I hacked the grid, I guess, if you think about it. Uh-huh. Right? Yes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, to post up uh, panoramas of like the places that I've been, right? So. Um, they're very landscape, obviously, because that's how you can actually post um, a long image. And so, yeah, like this app just like lets you split up images and like post them up on Instagram and things like that. So as someone who's a designer by trade, but like dabbles in code, uh, it was interesting and I've never launched an app personally. So this is going to be a brand new experience for me. Um, and so a friend of mine was like helping me out with, you know, when, when things got rough and like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing and all that kind of thing. So yeah, like hopefully in the next, you know, week or so. What's it called? Panels. Uh huh. Concept of panorama and a panel. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard for people to spell. 
No, really? Well, you've, it's panels, but it's not spelled panels, right? It's panels. Yeah, it's P-A-N-O-L-S. Okay, yeah. so you're launching in the next week. So maybe yep. when people are listening to this, it's out. Uh, yeah, so hopefully today I'll um, have all, all the things ready and post it up. So by the time that people listen to this, maybe it'll be accepted on the App Store and people can download it. Okay. We like to ask at the end, uh, since we're running out of time. Yep. What keeps you up at night now, these days? My rent. No. Uh, yeah, that rent. Uh huh. <laughs> what keeps me up? Um, I just want to be happy, man. Like, and I know that's super vague, but like, are you unhappy? I'm not unhappy. I'm just trying to. <sighs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to. I'm I'm trying to find a place where I am happy in every spectrum right um like where i'm not worried about and i think this goes back to the money thing where like you know i don't want to i don't want to worry about money like you know school and i think that everyone's problem being in san francisco is that you know like um just there's like a tax to being here yeah yeah like as a freelancer like that's it's pretty scary because you know you realize there's dry spells i'm not a sure go like that shit happens right like Mm -hmm. You're not going to have clients for a little while, and it's okay. Like, you just need to prepare for that. Um, but I think the the burden that I have is just, like, how much money I have to pay for school. And, like, that's still, like, my past, you know? And I'm, like, paying for it t- t- right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, my goal, what keeps me up at night is that, uh, like, I want to be able to provide eventually, like, you know, to my family and things like that. And just, like, be debt-free. Like, that's pretty hard for a lot of people. And then th- this is actually the reason why a lot of people moved to San Francisco because they already have that. And, like, how do you deal with that and move to San Francisco and all that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, I think I think I know that it's very, like, thinking about money. It's like, you know, money comes and goes. But um, I think happiness comes with just, like, surrounding yourself with great people, Um and people that think like you, if not maybe even more complex than you, because like you learn from other people. Hopefully, yeah. Right? Um, it's just like I like change. And I think that, you know, uh, being in San Francisco right now is kind of forcing me to like not change as much as I want to. Okay. Um, how do you solve that? How do I solve that? I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish that I could just like pick up my friends and take them with me like everywhere that I go. Cause then- yep, you <laughs> can. It might be illegal, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, are we talking about kidnapping? Is that I didn't say it. You oh, said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Here I, comes I, the real police. <laughs> oh, Adobe again? Uh, no. no? This, oh, these are the actual ones. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's what keeps me up at night. I mean, um, it's it's a tough thing to say, you know, like um, I think that a lot of people in San Francisco have a really tough time talking about financials and finding out that other people are dealing with that stuff as well. And I think that, um, you know, it's okay to realize that, hey, man, shit happens sometimes and you just need to be okay with asking for help. I've found um, people are really hesitant to admit unhappiness. Yes, Everyone you talk to here uh, is crushing it, killing it. Things, uh, things sometimes are, they have to say that for their shareholders' sake, right? But I think it creates this environment where you say, how's it going? You like your job? And you have to say yes because you think everybody else says yes. I, I'm projecting a little uh, bit here. A hundred percent. You also don't want it to get back to your employer or something. Yeah, that you're yeah, not yeah. Enjoying the the community is like so small. You don't want other people. So maybe that's why I'm, I'm allowed to say that, right? Because like I'm a freelancer. I'm not tied to like a specific <laughs> thing. But I think it's because you... When I said, are you unhappy? Like, The answer is the answer, not, it, I'm not unhappy. But it's complex and it's hard to talk about because nobody wants to talk about Right, because then it becomes personal, right? Yeah. Like, it's it also, that whole thing. It requires a level of mindfulness and you have to be like keenly aware of it. Yeah. And I think that, that, yeah, at the end of the day, I think realizing that you have a problem is the first step to fixing a problem, right? <laughs> like, are we talking about this, the 10 steps here? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it 10 steps? I don't know. Mm, 12 steps? Like so, so, so step. yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, I'm not unhappy. I'm just, I want to, I just want to be somewhere else. Okay. You know? Where can people 
yeah where follow people are, oh i was gonna say where can people follow along to see where that is <laughs> yeah oh where can they follow me is that what you said? yeah yeah uh probably instagram although i haven't really posted as much in there lately. yeah well you're working on working on things. stuff uh but yeah i mean i'm pretty open um if you ask any of my friends i mean i don't i don't we don't hang out much but like ask me anything i'll say anything right yeah. like I was warning you guys. I was going to say a lot of. <laughs> there will be some links in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. By the way, I don't want to cut that last bit short. I think um, talking about unhappiness is a whole subject in and of itself. Uh, yeah. But it's complex, and I think it's, people it's should sensitive. talk about their freaking feelings. That's yeah. okay. As a guy, you shouldn't feel like you're, you know, like cutting your nuts up or something it's like by saying as that a you guy say, and then as a guy in america where that's stigmatized yeah, right yeah like so i come from a family that like it's very much like all about like emotion and you know like the way you express yourself to other people um and i think i think that a, a lot of people in america are really afraid to say what they feel you know because back to the whole thing that it's like well i'm not supposed to say that i'm not supposed to x y and z right but I think that recognizing that there's a problem is how you fix problems. When people hide that, it's going to be a problem. Passive aggression. <laughs> or that. Find a, find a really asshole way to let it out. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks for coming on. That was great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah. having me. I know that went all over the place, but... Dude, so are you. <laughs> that was episode 176. Thanks to Juan for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Brian, for putting up with me. And thank you, Wayno, for sponsoring the show. You're welcome for putting up with you. It was a real challenge. We are so glad you listened. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. If you need more podcasts, we have eight others. So many podcasts. Oh, my God. That's on our network, the Spec Network. You can find all of our stuff at spec.fm. If you want more podcasts, uh, we're building stuff to help designers and developers level up. Again, that's at spec.fm. And of course, be sure to check out Wayno, our sponsor who consistently makes this show possible. They're at wayno.co, a full-service digital agency based in Reykjavik, New York, and here in San Francisco, building products that you can get inspired by and should learn from. Go to their website, wayno.co. They check do out their real case good, studies. They do really good things. They do work good things. They do good things. And real you can join work. them. You can join them. If you scroll to the bottom of their website at wayno.co, they're hiring product designers in San Francisco, New York, and they're looking for interns for 2017. Again, wayno.co. Thanks so much to that team for literally making this podcast possible. We appreciate it. Yeah, they've, they've been supporting us for like a year now. Holy shit. They've been amazing to work with. Thanks, Wayno. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>